Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Hey, what's up, Hope Church family? I'm so excited to get to share with you today why I still believe. It's been so fun hearing some of the different speakers in this series and Pastor Dan Kimball last week. It was so encouraging just to hear the different perspectives on why I still believe. And I'm excited I get to share my story. But the series is based on the scripture in 1 Peter that says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We are Hope Church and we want to be spreading hope to our community in such a way that people will ask us, why do you have hope? And when they do, we want to be able to give a reasonable explanation as to why we have hope, why we believe. And so that's what this series is about. And I'm going to be breaking it down. So we we kind of had this statement that we started out with this series. And the statement is this, I still believe that there is a God and that he has revealed himself to us through the teachings and person of Jesus. And so I get to do this in two parts. So today I'm going to be talking about why I still believe there's a God. And next Sunday on Easter, I'm going to be talking about why I still believe that Jesus is who he said he is. And we're going to talk about the resurrection. But for today, I want to start when I was a kid. I feel very lucky and blessed by my parents to grow up in a home that raised me to believe. My parents have that faith, and I remember them taking us to church and going to Sunday school and then going to Taco Bell afterwards and getting a Burrito Supreme and a Mexamelt. If you remember what a Mexamelt is, they probably have removed that from the menu because of just the, I don't know, whatever, let's not go there. But um, there's a few things that have been removed from the menu at Taco Bell. Namely, the, the, the Mexican pizza. That actually is a sin. That Even though I haven't gone and gotten Mexican pizza in a long time, it should still be on the menu. I just I, I want it to be there for me when I come back. But uh, why I still believe. When I was a kid, my parents raised me with this faith. And I remember like my mom reading to me every night from the kid's Bible. I remember praying with my parents every night. And they would pray for me about what was going on in my life. Um, and as a kid, that was super meaningful. I remember going to the beach and growing up, uh, visiting our family up in Crescent City and going through the redwoods near Eureka, California, and just being in awe of nature and the beauty of the coastline and the wonder of how, how amazing and awesome our natural world is. I remember that from being a, just being a kid, being someone that always wanted to be outside, always wanted to be at the beach, always wanted to be in the mountains and just always wanted to be doing something out in nature because of the the feeling and the connection that I felt all the time to that. But then I remember as a kid, my dad uh, used to have a telescope. Actually, he still has the telescope from when we were kids. And I remember it was a warm and windy night in Southern California. Um, There's two seasons in Southern California, summer 
and fire slash windy season. So this must have been in the second, and it was windy. And what happens sometimes when it's windy is that it clears the skies of all the smog and fog and anything, and, and you're able to see. And I remember like going out on the back deck. My dad's out there. He's calling in, Danny, come out here. Check this out. And I remember looking through the telescope with my dad and, and looking at the moon and seeing the craters and the details and then looking up at Jupiter, uh, which was just really bright in the sky that particular night. And I remember my dad looking up going, isn't God awesome? And that, that like, it made an imprint on me believing in God. It says in Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 19, 1 through 4, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Maybe like me, you've been in nature and just felt and seen the wonders of God. And that is truly a a big part of my life. And my connection with God is just seeing all of the things that he's created and the wonders. But there was a point in my life where when I was a teenager, I, I ran into this tension. And it was this tension like, you know, within school and with friends and people that I met, like through surfing and skateboarding. The, 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 the assumption was if you believed in God, you were crazy. And that evolution disproved God and that there was this tension between God and science. Like in Nacho Libre, when as Stephen says, I don't believe in God, I believe in science, right? It's like, it's like these two opposing beliefs that cannot coexist. And, and so I, I began this like wrestling, this tension, because I, I know I, I'm a surfer and I, I don't, I just say it like this. I'm not as dumb as I look, okay? I have an analytical mind and I've always had that mind where I want to ask the question, why? Why is it like that? And I remember being in school, asking those questions, why? And wanted to dig deeper and, and learning more about science because I wanted to understand and, and see, is, this some, is it reasonable to believe in God? Is it something that can coexist, this belief that there is a God and this connection that I feel and the science that many would say disprove God? But I would tell you that the more I've studied, the more that I've, I've, I've questioned this and followed up on those questions is that I believe that the opposite is true. The more you dig deeper into science, the more, in my opinion, the awe and the wonder of design is seen in, in all things. Just a simple way to explain this. Imagine yourself walking on a beach with a friend. It's not that hard if you live in Santa Cruz. You're walking on the beach, maybe down uh, Rio Del Mar, right? You're walking down there and you and your friend come across a perfectly shaped sphere in the sand. And you wonder out loud, how did that get there? That's weird. How did that get there? And your friend uh, chimes in and says, that's been there and that's always been there. Right, it just it just came out of nowhere. He, your friend claims that 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 sphere came out of nowhere. It simply has always been there. This is clearly false, you say, because the sphere shows obvious signs of design. 
you can infer from these signs that the sphere must have been created by someone for a purpose. It's contingent, meaning that it does not have to exist, but it does exist. In this sphere, now imagine, imagine that this sphere is bigger, maybe the size of a planet, for instance. Does the evidence of contingency change? No. Now imagine that sphere is the size of a universe. Again, nothing changes. It is reasonable to believe that there is a God. It is reasonable to believe that someone, a higher power, a higher being, set all of this into motion. That there is a design in the creation, in all things. The complexity of life sustaining uh, on this planet. Think about this. So, so not only is it reasonable to believe that since the earth exists, a sphere, that someone created it for a purpose. It's reasonable to believe that. Um, but to take that to another level, let's talk about the complexity. Is It's one thing to talk about a, a perfectly shaped sphere, but it's another thing to talk about the complexities of the earth, for instance, sustaining life. What are the chances that a planet could just be a life-friendly uh, planet by chance? What are the chances of that? This is the chances of that. Less than one part of 10 to the 10th power with 123 zeros on the other end of it. So that's like more than a gazillion. One in more than a gazillion. I mean, that, that's like a number that you can't even comprehend. I tried typing it out and Googling it, and Google can't even comprehend this number. It's so large, and it's such a small uh, chance in this such large number that this possibly could have happened, meaning that the laws of the universe are specified in that they match the narrow band of parameters required for the existence of life. Okay, does that make sense? So like, not only is it probable to believe, and it's reasonable to believe, that since Earth exists, that someone created it for a purpose. But it's also so complex. When you think about it from a, a, a grand view of the universe and the Earth, all the way down to a micro view. Let's just talk about the human eye for a second. If you can see me right now, it's a miracle. Did you know that? That the human eye, in fact, all eyes, eyes and animals, but especially the human eye, still baffles scientists today. There's many parts and pieces that have to work together perfectly. The cornea, the lens, the retina, the nerves, all these connections are ridiculously complex and they all must be present in order for the eye to work. Even if all of those things are present and your eyelid doesn't close, you will go blind shortly thereafter. All of these pieces have been, have been really just speak to the complexity of the world we live in and the miracle, the wonder of human life in our existence. To me, it's reasonable to believe that there was intelligent design behind all of this. And I'm not, this, this is important. 
I'm not trying to make a statement as to how it all came to be here, because there are things that we're learning about in science to this day that I don't believe disproves God, because when you look at the Genesis account, the point of it is not to give a scientific account. These are, this is ancient times when this was written. Okay, just, just for a second. We know in Genesis it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And then it breaks down this like six-day thing that happens. And what this is, it's not a scientific breakdown. What that is, the genre of literature that is, is it, it's ancient it's an ancient creation poem that was similar to different creation poems that circulated throughout Babylon and Egypt. And this one was orally passed down through the people of Israel. And Moses is inscribing this for a people that had been in slavery that are learning how to live as human. They're learning how to live in a community again. And so he's writing down and reminding them of their story that is so different from these other ancient creation poems that kind of go like this. God created man to be man's slave and man displeased God. And so God, man has to appease God to make God happy. And that's not what this creation poem is all about. This creation poem, it speaks to how God created man in his own image. It's this picture that, that man, that you and me were formed. We were made by God and for God. Do you believe that? That you, and it's reasonable to believe that you were made for God and by God. And that's what the picture of Genesis is talking about. It's not talking about how it all came to be. And so I'm not, there's a lot of different opinions and ideas about that. I'm not even, it's above my pay grade. I'm not even going to talk about whether it was a six literal day creation or over time. I'm not even going to go there because I don't think that that's what the Genesis account is about. I think it's more about who created who and for why. That God created you and me. That we were made by God and for God. And I believe it's reasonable to believe that. And I believe it goes against, you know, even just the, the idea that all of this came to be by chance. To me just shows that there is intelligent design. However it came to be, it goes against the very laws of science. One of the, the big laws of science that I learned about in science class was the second law of thermodynamics or the law of entropy, which states that everything in the universe is moving from a state of order into chaos. Do you understand that? So something was set into order and the, the law, this isn't a theory, this is an actual scientific law that can be tested and proven that everything in the universe is moving from place of order or design into chaos. And so that right there itself to me is gives reason to believe that there was a creator and that we're here for a purpose. And all of that speaks to this passage that I want to read you guys today that I think can speak to us if we allow it to. Psalm 139, 13 through 18. For you created me in my inmost, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am with you. What a a powerful passage to, to just, and so poetic. This is what might be one of the, the greatest of all the Psalms, in my opinion, because it, it brings together this idea that you were made by God and for God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you were fearfully and wonderfully made? What does that mean? What does it mean to be fearfully made? That, that the word there in the original language in Hebrew, it means great reverence, heartfelt interest, and with respect. And the word wonderfully means unique and set apart. Do you believe that you are made with great reverence, heartfelt interest, and with respect to be unique and set apart? Just like the Genesis account says that you were created in the image of God. You carry and bear the image of God. You are an image bearer of our creator everywhere we go. Do you see that when you look at other people? Do you see the wonder and the awe of God? I want to tell you about a moment that changed my life forever. I've never been the same since January 9th, 2007. Let me just make sure I got the numbers right. Yep. January 9th, 2007. We saw the doctor on the way into the hospital at the coffee shop. That was pretty cool coincidence. And we went in, we, we, uh, we went into the hospital because my wife was having preeclampsia, high blood pressure. And so they called us in and we got there and it took a while, but after a while and a lot of work on my wife's part, which was pretty much, you know, the most humbling experience as a man to realize I can do nothing that compares with that. She gave birth to our little girl, Ruby Sunshine Bennett. And that moment when I saw my daughter be born and come into the earth, come into the world and breathe her first breath and let out this sweet little, like tiny little cry. And I held her in my hands for the first time. I saw the awe and the wonder of God. I saw the image of God and, and the, the creation of God. I witnessed it firsthand. That is an awesome and miraculous thing to witness. The way that God forms us in our mother's wombs and he knows us and he loves us and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I got to witness that six years ago again when my son was born, Kale, my little dude, and seeing this, this little person like right from day one, I could see his personality. I could see his, his, just his, his, uh, his, the, the way he loved life and, and interacted with people. And you could just even see these just little, little things about him like from day one. I saw the wonder and the beauty and the awe of God. 
in these children being born. I witnessed a miracle that day. I witnessed this truth that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I still believe. I believe that my daughter and my son are fearfully and wonderfully made. I believe that you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. I still believe that we were made by God and for God. I still believe. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.